0: Well, today we're concluding our series entitled On Mission, where we've been looking for practical ways to live out the mission of God for this church, which is follow Jesus and love people. In fact, we're actually going to put feet to our faith. We're going to make our faith come alive. We're going to put faith in action because we've called this weekend our Big Give Weekend, and we're going to give hope to thousands of children around the world. We're actually partnering with Convoy of Hope You heard heard Heath Adamson recently from Convoy of Hope, but we're partnering with Convoy of Hope to extend the love of Jesus to children around the world. And I believe God's gonna empower us to do an amazing miracle together. Collectively, I believe that God has something special he wants to do in us and through us as a church. And I believe that in a world of chaos and confusion and fear and despair, we need miracles. We need hope. And hope is found in Jesus. But in order for a hope to get where it needs to go, someone needs to say, I'll go ahead and take hope to other people. I'll make sure that hope gets to children and to those who are needy and those who are, who are confined at home and those who are fearful and those who don't feel like they have hope or a future. But today, our focus as a church is to feed children. Children that are hungry children that are wondering, does God really see me? Does he know me? Does he even see my need? Does he even understand my hunger? You know, truly when we think about hunger, we often have flashbacks to COVID. Do you remember going to the grocery store early on during COVID and you walked in and there was nothing on the shelves and you had to fight someone for a roll of toilet paper I think when we think about hunger, we often think about that. I think for some of us, when we think about hunger, we think about the last time we were hangry. I know some of you, you were hangry this morning and your family was saying, we're going to church, but first we need to feed you. I know you may be sanctified, but this is an area where God is working in my heart because I still get hangry. So pray for my family. I'm still trying to work out my salvation when it comes to getting hangry, (laughs) but I believe that when people around the world, they hear about our first world hunger problems, from their perspective, our hunger is merely an inconvenience. Because here's reality. 820 million people will go to bed hungry tonight. And 149 children under the age of five will be too small for their age because they have an insufficient diet. In fact, here in America, children who find themselves in that place, in that 149 million, doctors would call them here in America, failure to thrive because they're underweight and they're malnourished. I believe that together we can make an impact. I believe that we can move forward and help people advance. You see, in countries like Honduras and Guatemala and Burkina Faso, what we discover is that there's no welfare system. There's no safety net for the kids who are down and out. There's no hope and no future for them. Many of them, in fact, most of them don't go to school. Why? because they're doing everything that they need to do to just scrape by to be able to have another meal. I'm reminded of when I was 12 years old, growing up on the Mexico border. And I remember our church would go across the border. We would go into Ciudad Miel Aleman or we'd go to Mier. I remember we would go to the orphanages to feed kids. I remember one time we went to a, a dump and I saw kids my age and younger digging through the trash because they were looking for something to sell. And some were looking for something to eat. In fact, I remember many times when my mom and I, we would be crossing back over the bridge into the US. There were little boys with a squeegee and a water bottle just hoping that we would allow them to, to wash our windshield or they'd be selling candy just to get by. But in some of the most desperate places in the world, what often happens is kids do unspeakable, horrid things just to have enough money to buy another meal. Well, today, today, Westover, we're going to do something about it. We are partnering with, with Convoy of Hope to bring hope and life to children through their One Day to Feed the World program. And I wanna share with you that we have this kingdom opportunity. I believe God is standing up in heaven and he's saying, Westover, will you hear my heart? Will you hear my heart for the children I died for? Will you be willing to extend God's love to them? Will you be able to confirm to them that I died for them and that I have their best interest in mind? I believe God's inviting us to pick up his heart. You see, around the world, for children who are hungry, Their tomorrow depends on our today. The idea of one day to feed the world is simple. We commit to give one day's wage and we give it to feed a child every day in the next year. As you heard recently, Convoy of Hope, through this program, they are feeding over 533,000 children every day this year. And Westover, you have a part to play, with, to play in that because last year, because of your generosity, this year we're feeding 1,700 kids. Yeah. And I wanna say thank you. I wanna say thank you for your generosity. I wanna say thank you for your heart for God. I wanna say thank you for how you're willing to invest in children. But I believe that God's given us a God-sized goal for next year. I believe he's asking us to feed over 2,000 kids next year. And I believe through God's help and through his favor and your generosity, we're going to make it happen. Now, for those of you who are new to Convoy of Hope, let me share with you a little bit about who they are. They've been in existence for over 30 years. We've actually had a 20-year partnership with them. And I want to reassure you truly that everything that they've ever said they would do, they've done. They've been faithful to their word. They've been faithful to God because they have the fear of the Lord and they believe that they are on mission. They're not just a regular charity. They are a missions organization and they're out extending the love of God through tangible resources. In fact, out of the 1.5 million charities in the United States, Convoy of Hope is number 43 on the Forbes top 100 charities. And, and... This is a testament to their financial stewardship. 92 cents out of every dollar that is given to Convoy of Hope actually makes it out to help people. Now that's unheard of in the nonprofit world. An 8% overhead, no one, no one does that. But Convoy's willing to do that because they believe that God wants to extend his heart to people. And we have an opportunity to partner with them to extend God's heart to children. You see, Convoy of Hope is a conduit of hope. They are a conduit of hope. And I believe that God's inviting us, Westover, to be a conduit of hope to thousands of kids around the world, to extend a plate of food, but also for them to sit at a table and hear that there's a Jesus who died for them and who loves them and wants to give them another day of life. In fact, I've titled today's message, Hope Makes It Happen. Hope. Makes it happen. I want to invite you to say it with me. Hope makes it happen. Hope makes it happen. It makes the promise that tomorrow can be better than today. That's what hope does. But hope has to arrive on time to make an impact. And I want to invite you to hear about one of the miracles of Jesus where He chose to make hope happen for people, and he got to them in time. And so I want to invite you to join me in Matthew chapter 15. And while you're turning there, let me share with you. We're actually going to look at one of the miracles of Jesus. It's called the feeding of the 4,000. And if you look in the Gospels, what you'll discover is that there's two miracles that Jesus did when it came to feeding people. The first one is known as the feeding of the 5,000. This is where Jesus, he receives from a small boy. Five loaves and two fish. He takes the bread and the fish and he breaks it and he feeds 5,000 men, not including women and children. This is the second miracle, which is the feeding of the 4,000. This miracle is found, it's recorded, it's one miracle recorded twice in scripture, one in the book of Mark and one in the book of Matthew. We're gonna look at the book of Matthew today in Matthew chapter 15. So I invite you, open up your Bible, open up your Westover wrap. let Let's look at the word of God together, starting with Verse 29. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him. Say great crowds. Great crowds crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, and the crippled. Pay attention to that. The crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And watch what he did. He healed them. Jesus is still performing miracles today. And I'm here to pause, and I want to share with you, if you need a miracle today, all you need to do is cry out to Jesus. He knows you. He wants to minister his love to you. All you have to say is, Jesus, I need a miracle, and he'll show up, he'll provide for you. Look at verse 32. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. Say compassion. Compassion. I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days And have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse along the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed this crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and then he took the seven loaves and fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples, and watch this, they in turn gave it to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. Today from this passage, I want to share with you two, two ways that we can activate hope, how we can bring hope to children who feel like they're hopeless. The first one is this, meet the biggest need, meet the biggest need, say it with me, meet the biggest need. God always meets the biggest need. He always steps up and shows up. Many of you, you experienced miracles in your life and you know, based on your history, that God always shows up and meets the biggest need. The challenge that we have as humans is often we do less when God says, do more. And this is human nature. We as humans, the psychology of this is we have a tendency to pull back when it gets hard, but often God is inviting us to push forward. Parents, you understand this with your children and your teenagers. Have you ever given them a list of things to do and you say, I'll be back in 45 minutes and I need this and this and this and this done, right? And when you come back, they've only done one thing and the one thing that they've done is the easiest and simplest thing and then they're playing Xbox or they're on their phone and you're like, what happened? It's human nature. Now students, this also applies to you. Have you ever been assigned a group project and you're assigned that one classmate that doesn't do anything and you have to work on the project all by yourself because your grade depends on both of you working? Yes, that's human nature. Often we pull back when we should push forward. In fact, I think some of you can think of a of a coworker that lives by the idea of do less, God bless. <laughs> you know which employee I'm talking about. It's the employee where you're supposed to be working on a big project together and they come in, and they're like, hey how's the project going? And you're like, hey, there's a lot of work. We need someone to show up and help out. And they think it's someone else, not them. And they're like, all right, hey, best of luck. And then they leave. Often what happens in life is we pull back when we should push forward. The good news is that Jesus doesn't operate this way. Whenever he sees the need, he always meets the need. In fact, often when he sees the need, he exceeds the need. That's the Jesus we serve. We see this consistently in Scripture. What we discover is that Jesus consistently gave voice to the voiceless. He helped those who were hurting, those who were marginalized, those who were forgotten by society. He was willing to touch and hug and heal the leper. He was willing to lift the man up who was caught on a mat and couldn't walk. He was willing to help those who couldn't help themselves. And Jesus is inviting us today to be his hand and heart and feet extended to people. In fact, this is what we see in verses 30 and 32. It says this, great crowds came to him and Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people for they have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. They may collapse along the way. What Jesus was doing in this moment is he was awakening his disciples to the need that he saw. He wanted them to be sensitized, to not just look around and see the need and cross their arms and step back. He wanted them to feel the burden of his heart for those who were hungry. And I believe that God is inviting us to feel the burden of his heart for hungry children. He's inviting us to move forward. Jesus was always looking for the biggest opportunity to create the biggest impact. He always went where people needed him the most. Yes, he could have gathered with a group of 50 or a group of 10, but he chose to gather with a group of 4,000. Why? Because God often sets the stage for the impossible. He puts us in a position where we don't have enough to accomplish the need. He sets it up so that when we put our faith and hope in him and we say, God, we can't do it, he says, but I can. I can perform miracles. We still serve a God who performs miracles. And I say amen to that. I say amen to that. I'm glad we serve a God that still does that. (laughs) Jesus lived by the philosophy. Do the most you can for as many people as you can. In fact, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and owners, I imagine that in your business, you're constantly looking for the best product, service, or opportunity that is going to create the greatest return on impact, return on investment, and create the greatest impact. I know this. I know this as a business leader. You're always looking at how you can not only advance your company, but also advance your clients. You're looking for ways for there to be a win-win, a win for your business and a win for the people you serve. I want to suggest to you that when we invest in the kingdom of God, we don't experience a win-win. We actually experience a triple win. A win for God, a win for humanity, and a win for us. I believe that there's no better investment than in the kingdom of God. In fact, I believe that when we invest in the kingdom of God, God gives us joy because generosity produces joy. In fact, in just a moment, we're going to give generously. And I'm praying that God would give you joy today. In fact, joy represents the heart we should have when we give it's Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. God's inviting us to discover his heart of joy for giving unto people who can't help, who can't help themselves. And so business leader, can I invite you to prayerfully consider what you could do to make an impact? Maybe maybe it's just to give one day's wage. Maybe it's to give a week's wage. Maybe maybe it's to give one day's profit to this project. I want you to imagine for a moment you showing up to work tomorrow on Monday and in the morning huddle you gather all of your employees together and you say to them this, we're going to work today today. And all the profit that our business earns, we're going to give it to feed children. And then once you run the numbers, halfway through the week, you're able to gather them together and say, we're going to give this, we're going to give this to feed children. And guess what? I want you to come to church next week so that you can hear about what we as a company were able to do together to make an impact in the lives of children. Imagine those employees that you've been praying for who you know you wouldn't be able to invite to church because they're hurt from the church or, or some other situation, they'll come because they wanna hear about what they were able to be a part of. Could it be that next weekend is the moment that changes their life as they were willing to change the life of a child? I wanna invite you to prayerfully consider how you could leverage your business success and make a kingdom significance. You see, God has blessed us to be a blessing. Give the gift from your business on behalf of your employees and I believe that God's gonna minister to them as well. I love what Mother Teresa said. She said, there's nothing wrong with success as long as you don't use it all for yourself. God has blessed us above and beyond. Look at where we get to worship. Look at where we get to live. Look at what, we have the option when we go out to eat, whether we're gonna have cheesecake or flan or churros, we get that option. But there's kids around the world who are just hoping, can I just have a meal to fill my stomach and to assuage the stomach pains that I feel? Jesus was always looking for the biggest need because he understood that big needs set the stage for bigger miracles. God always puts us in a position where we're beyond our own human capacity. And God does that, uh, he does that intentionally because he wants to prove that when things are impossible for us, it's not impossible for him. And what I've discovered over time is that God can do miracles without us. When we look at the story of creation, none of us were present and he was able to create the stars and the moon and the earth and everything in it. But I've discovered over time that Jesus gets a lot of joy out of inviting us to be part of the miracle. There's something that that happens in our life when we're willing to partner with him, which is the second way we can activate hope. Be the miracle the world needs. Be the miracle the world needs. Invite you to say it with me. Be the miracle the world needs. When Jesus saw the need, he was moved with compassion for their hunger. They had been with him three days, and they had nothing to eat. You see, compassion is when love and hope are in action. Jesus is inviting us to not only be moved with compassion, but to step in and move in action. He's inviting us to lean in. And God will use anyone, anyone who's willing to be available. You see, God doesn't look for ability. He looks for availability. But here's the good news. If you have ability and you are available, God can create a miracle through you. All you have to do is look at the the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000 students. This applies to you. We look at the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus chose a small boy who only had five barley loaves and two fish some scholars think that this young boy was, was raised by a single mom because barley loaves were the food of the poor. But he was able to take the little that the boy had, and he broke it, and he used it to feed thousands of people. And I'm here to share with you students, whatever you put in God's hand, he'll multiply it. Whatever, if it's $5 or $1 or $10 or $15, if you're willing to put it in God's hand, he will multiply it, and he'll use it to feed other people. But then in the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus invites his disciples, followers of Jesus just like us, to be willing to put in his hands what God had put in ours. I want you to pay attention. He actually invites them to give what's in their hands. Let's look at verses 34 and 36. It says this How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. I can just imagine that they looked at their hands and they, we have seven and a couple small fish. In this moment, the disciples underestimated the miracle working power of Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm gonna take the little that's in your hand and I'm gonna use it to feed thousands of people. Then he took the seven loaves and fish and when he had given thanks, he he blessed it, he broke it. And then watch this, he gave it back to the disciples who then gave it to the people. I believe this is how God wants to work through us today. I believe that the reason God, the reason he invited the disciples to be part of the miracle is for two reasons. First, he wanted them not only to see the miracle, but to share in the miracle. He wanted them to not only see the miracle, but also share in the miracle. Why? Because there was gonna come a moment in time when he was gone, and they were gonna need to have the confidence that God could still do a miracle through them. And I've discovered that whenever God allows you to do a miracle in the life of someone else, he does a miracle in your heart. He grows your faith. He grows your faith. He grows your faith. And the second reason I believe that Jesus invited the disciples to be part of the miracle is simply this. He wanted to teach them a kingdom principle, principle, which is this. Generosity produces abundance. Generosity produces abundance. What God was teaching them is whatever we put in the master's hands multiplies whatever we put in the master's hands it multiplies if you're struggling in your marriage and you can't seem to make it work put your marriage in God's hands and he will multiply it if you if your family's not working put it in God's hands and he'll multiply it yes some of you you're praying for more kids uh he's going to give you more kids some of you are like no, no no I don't want that blessing I have enough kids <laughs> For some of us we're wanting god to multiply our finances and our resources if we put it in god's hands guess what what does he do he multiplies it if you want your business to thrive put it in god's hands and watch him do he'll multiply it this is how the kingdom of god works whatever we put in god's hands it multiplies and this is what jesus does he takes from them The seven loaves and the few small fish, he blesses it, he breaks it, he hands it back to them, and they in turn hand it to the people. We're blessed to be a blessing. Look again at where we get to worship. But I want to suggest to you, I want to suggest to you, I want you to contemplate this for a moment. Could it be possible that some of the blessings that we have in our life are intended and they're earmarked for someone else? Could it be possible that God has blessed us with overflow blessings so that it's not all for us, but that we're supposed to be a conduit of hope to someone else? I believe that God's blessed us so that we can be a blessing. The Bible says this, that to whom much is given, much is required. God's blessed us and now we have the opportunity to step up. Here's what I've discovered. Hope only makes it happen if we're willing to take action. Hope only makes it happen if we're willing to take action. The disciples had to take a step of faith to share what was in their hands to see God perform the miracle. If they were willing to hold on to that and eat it themselves, they would not have seen the miracle that God was wanting to perform through them. Today, God wants to grow our faith. He wants to prove to us not only that he is Savior, Lord, and King, but also that he is our Jireh, our provider, and that he's provided for us And that he is the God of more than enough. That he can not only provide for us, but that he can bless us so that we can be a blessing to children around the world. He's inviting us to step out in faith and trust him. I truly believe that if we take care of those who can't pay us back, God will pick up the bill. This is our moment. Here it is. God's miracle right now is in your hands. And I want to invite you to prayerfully consider giving it to the Lord. And I believe on the authority of scripture that if you give what God has put in your hands, he's gonna multiply it. Because God uses ordinary people to perform extraordinary miracles. And my prayer as a pastor for each one of us is that we would allow God to do a miracle in our life and a miracle through our life. I want us to set our hearts on that. And giving to Convoy of Hope is putting resources in God's hands, why? Because of their many partnerships. When we give $1 to Convoy, it becomes $5 in the field. We give $1 to Convoy, it becomes $5 in the field. It's a modern day feeding of the 4,000. It's a modern day miracle. And we have the opportunity to extend God's heart to children Who need to know that Jesus sees them and knows them and loves them? Just a couple weeks ago, Pastor Dene and I, we had the privilege to go to Honduras with Convoy of Hope. They invited us to come out and see the feeding program. And we had a great time. We got to meet the team out there, but Pastor Dene and I, we had the privilege of being able to feed kids. And Towards the end of the day, we went into a small dark room and we met a little boy. His name is Arlington. He's seven years old. Arlington, when he was born, he was crippled. And he can't walk. His mom has to carry him everywhere he goes. Now, he's had several surgeries, but those surgeries have done very little to help him out. On top of that, on top of that, Arlington has some intellectual disabilities. They're undiagnosed because the mom doesn't have any money to take him to the doctor to figure out what's going on with him. Because of that, Arlington doesn't go to school. He requires 24-7 care. She has to change him and feed him and take care of him. And his challenges are so great that there's moments when he looks up at his mama and he doesn't even recognize her. And so after we put a plate of food in front of Arlington after we put a plate in, in front of Arlington, we began to talk to the mom. And the mom, with a very solemn face, she said, I'm so grateful for Convoy of Hope because Convoy of Hope shows up when no one else will. She went on to tell us that she's a single mom and she's raising Arlington by herself because when she was at the hospital and she just delivered Arlington... Arlington's father looked at him and said, that's not my kid. I don't have kids like that. He was saying, I don't, have a, I don't have a kid with special needs. And so guess what? He abandoned the family and he's never returned. And after we fed him a plate of food, our hearts were moved with compassion. And what we did is we got on our knees and we prayed. For Arlington's mom and prayed for him. And our prayer was simply this: Jesus, will you tell Arlington that he is loved by you? Will you put your hand of protection upon him? Will you protect him? Will you bless him? Will you ensure he's fed and cared for? And God, if you could perform a miracle in his legs, do it. And as we left that moment, So we left that moment, I looked at Arlington, and he looked at me, and he couldn't speak to me because he's got so many challenges. But in that moment, I heard God's heart. I heard him speak to me, and he reminded me of who he is. He reminded me of what he says. In Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely like Arlington and families like Convoy of Hope. He sets the prisoner free and he gives them joy. Arlington may not have a physical father, but he's got a father in heaven who's willing to fight for him and is willing to advocate for him and is willing to tell him, I have not forgotten you, you are not abandoned. His mom is so grateful because every day she shows up. There's people who are willing to serve food to her and to her son. Today, I invite you to allow God to speak to your heart about what we could do collectively to make a kingdom impact. Pardon me. I believe that we need to be the miracle that we want to see in the world. But here it is. God's miracle is in our hands. God can only multiply it if we're willing to put it in His hands. So today I want to invite you to plow your heart, pray, listen, and obey, and believe for a supernatural wow. Honestly, as a pastor, I find it very hard to ask for things for myself, but I'm willing to ask for a kid like Arlington. I'm willing to fight for him. I'm willing to give voice to the voiceless. To those who are lame and crippled and those who are broken. And God's inviting us to stand up, to fight for them, to pray, listen, and obey, and allow God to speak to our hearts about what we should do, what we should give. I'm not asking you to give, I'm asking you to ask God what you should give. And I believe that whatever He speaks, if you're willing to obey collectively, we're gonna see Him multiply it for His kingdom purpose. In fact, I believe that God's inviting us to step out in faith and give. For some, it's to give for the very first time. For some of us, it's to give $10. For some of us, it's to give one day's wage. For some of us, it's to give a week's amount of wage. For some of us, it is to give one day's profit. For some of us, from our business. And for some of us, it's to give more extravagantly than we've ever given before. I believe that if we all do our part, God will make a miracle happen. And let me share with you the way things work with Convoy. When you give what it costs to go to the movies, if you're a family of four, what it costs to go to the movies, $120. Convoy of Hope can feed one child for an entire year. And for what it costs to throw a birthday party for your child or your grandchild, $240. I know some of you spend more than that convoy can feed two children for an entire year. Candidly, Pastor Danae and I, as we got back from Honduras, we prayed and we listened. And today we obeyed because God told us, I want you to give a week's wage to tangibly show the children I died for that I love them. And so it's our choice to work a week so the child knows that Jesus lives and that he loves them. You see, God may not be inviting you to give like us. It's not about equal amounts, it's about equal sacrifice. And I just believe right now that God is speaking to your heart. In fact, I wanna invite you to, to plow your heart, to pray, listen, and obey as you look at the beautiful faces of the children of Honduras. Take a look.
1: You are not hidden There's never been a moment You were forgotten You are not hopeless Though you have been broken Your innocence stolen I hear you whisper around There's no distance, you cannot be covered over and over, you're not defenseless, I'll be a shelter.
0: To a hungry child. Hope is a plate of food and a cup of water. The team in Honduras gave this to me. This cup and this plate were used to feed a child. And it serves as an enduring reminder for me as a pastor of what we get to do. We get to extend hope and life to a child. You see, when we partner with Convoy of Hope, we not only feed a child physically, but also spiritually. They receive nutrition for their body and hope for their soul because after they eat a meal, what they discover is they hear about a Jesus. And because of a plate of food, they truly believe that there is a Jesus who loves them and who died for them. And today, we have the opportunity to set the table for children around the world. You see, hope, sets a table for a hungry child in fact as I was thinking about Arlington I was reminded of a story we we discover in second Kings 9 it's a story about King David he's just ascended to the throne King Saul the first king of Israel has died as many of you remember King Saul's son Jonathan was best friends with David And one day David's sitting in his kingdom and he begins to reflect on his friendship with Jonathan. And so he said, is there anyone from the household of Saul that I can do a kindness to because of my friendship with Jonathan? And finally one servant says, yes, King David. There's a son of Jonathan, your best friend. His name is Mephibosheth, but he's lame in his feet. And King David, what he does is he invites Mephibosheth to sit at his table and to eat with him. When David found him, he had no title. his, His father wasn't alive. His father had died in battle. Jonathan had died in battle. He had no title, no hope, no life, no future. But King David invited Mephibosheth to sit at his table and to eat at his table. And this is what it says in 2 Kings 9.13. It says, and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table, even though he was lame in both feet. Church, there is the king of kings who's inviting the Mephibosheths and the Arlington's of the world to sit at his table. And he's just waiting for us to serve them, to put a plate of food and a cup of water in front of them. Let's together set the table of God for the least of these, because when we do it to the least of these, we do it as unto the Lord. And today, this is our moment to make hope happen for someone else. God's inviting us to live, love, and give generously. So I want you to set your heart on giving generously unto the Lord. Here at Westover, there's four methods of giving. We invite you to find the method that works very best for you, If you're giving check or cash, we invite you to put it in a giving envelope that's found in the seat back that's right in front of you and just write one day on the envelope in the area that says other. You can give via the app or the website. What you'll do is you'll scroll down and you'll find an option that says one day to feed the world. If you're giving via text to give, just text the keywords one day and any amount, the amount that God puts on your heart and it'll go to this project. And also if you're giving via cash app, just put one day in the memo. I want to reassure you that 100% of what we receive in this one-day offering will go out the door to feed children. And so today, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And I'm going to pray that God would take what we put in his hands and that he'll multiply it. He'll take the ordinary that we have and he'll perform extraordinary miracles. Let's pray together. God, we come to you in this moment. And we entrust what we have in our hands to you. And we believe in faith that collectively, whatever we put in your hands, you're gonna multiply it. And you're gonna use it to advance the lives of children, to convince them that you truly love them. Help us set your table for the least of these, God. And I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, for for the Arlington's of the world, the fatherless children, May they be reminded that there's a Father in heaven who loves them and is looking out for them, God. I pray, Lord, that as each person gives, may you give them a profound joy in giving to you because you put blessing in our hands and you've intended for us to be a conduit of hope in the lives of other people. I pray, Lord, that together, when we gather together next week, we're able to celebrate the faithfulness of who you are. Bless each person as they give in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I want to thank you for joining us this weekend. If you're brand new to Westover, Pastor Dunay and I would love to meet you at Guest Central in in the main lobby. And I want to invite you to join us next weekend as I provide a report about the miracle that God did through us this week. God bless you. We can't wait to see you soon.